Ephesians, the second chapter, we're going to turn to. Again, I want to say thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your faithfulness and just everything you're doing to be a blessing and a help and encouragement. We are living in these days that, that there is, a, there is uh, quite an, an adversary against us. And, uh, but I'm thankful for people that stand up and just say, hey, I'm, I'm standing with you in prayer. And Hallelujah. Ephesians 2. Father, thank you for your presence here. Thank you for your help, God. Thank you for what you're doing in this service already and for what you will do. I'm asking you to help us right now to have ears to hear what your Spirit would say to the church. God, I pray that you'd talk to us and take away, Lord, every every work of the enemy that would come against us, Lord, and that you would just help us to receive it down in our hearts and in our spirit, God. Bless each one, Lord. I pray you help me to just stay out of your way. And God, that you would just work in a special way. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. Ephesians 2, verse 1 says, And you, make it personal this morning, and you hath he quickened, made you alive, amen, amen, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world. No longer you've been born again. According to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That the ages to come, in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. God bless you. You can be seated. We are going to talk a little while this morning about something that seems so basic, so fundamental. But yet I really, as I look at what God has placed on my heart and in these scriptures, I feel like it is it is a difference between light and darkness. That it is... What is missing in so many people's lives, even those that consider themselves spiritual, consider themselves Christians today. As we look to the Word of God, we recognize something here. We recognize that the Bible teaches us, obviously, I must say, that we're more than just matter. We're more than just bodies. Did you know that the Bible teaches that we've got this flesh, we've got this this suit that we're living in, but the real you is inside of that. Amen. What is really your, who you are is your spirit. That we are not merely just matter as the, the evolutionists would teach us that we're just the same thing as the, the stones and the rocks and the stars, but the Bible teaches us that we are spiritual beings. Spiritual, made in the image of God. Spiritual in the fact that that's the real you. That's, that, 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 that heart that's in you, that, that soul that's in you is the real you. Living in that body. I can, I can maybe try to read your facial expressions, your body language, but the real you is that spirit inside of you. We are spirits in a body created in the image of God. People say, what does that mean in the image of God? God is spirit, is what the Bible says. He's a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him, how? In spirit and in truth. So he has created us spiritual beings, but we have been cut off from our spiritual experience because of our fallen nature. That... The Bible tells us that even though we are alive in a, maybe in a biological sense, spiritually, we are dead. We are disconnected 
from God, disconnected from that communion and fellowship with Him, though He loves us, He's working in your life. He cares about you. He's knocking on your heart's door. He's doing things for you to show you that He loves you and He cares for you. But until we are born again, until we are washed and cleansed and filled, we are, we are dead living by our, our will. Going through the Bible talks about in our, our carnal mind. Looking at this world through our understanding. Looking at things and how they affect us and my comfort and what I want and what I feel like I need. And, and we live in that, but we're so... The difference, see, that so many people miss is that this book is not about good people versus ba- being bad people. This isn't about taking bad people and turning them into good people. It's about dead people being resurrected, becoming alive. It's about people that are walking in their flesh, walking in the best that they can, but so disconnected from the spiritual. And that God is trying to to shine His light into our lives. So often, I, I know, I've talked to people, I've been one of those people, just... You think I'm bad. You think I'm, I'm not as good as you. No, it has nothing to do with that. It has nothing to do with... We, we don't, as Christians, look at this world and say, Oh, you're a bad person. You're naughty. You're so evil. You're so dirt. No. You need Jesus to open your eyes, to, make, to quicken you, to make you alive. This Bible teaches us clearly that until the Spirit... That spirit in us is in communion and fellowship with God's spirit. We're not truly alive. And our sins and our sinful nature is just us trying to do our best to to get through this life. All we know is what I want, what's best for me, what suits me, what's convenient for me. But that's death, according to this Bible. You know, I know in 1 Timothy, the fifth chapter, it's, it's in reference to, to widows and, and what it takes to be just supported by the church and just the different things that Paul was telling the church to take care of the helpless, the ones that are truly helpless. Amen. A lot of people think, I'll just throw this in extra. A lot of people think the church is just a place for a handout. Church is a place for, if I don't want to work, then just go ahead and the church will help me out and and do all that. The church will help those that truly need help. Amen. But the Bible's pretty clear sometimes if you don't work, you shouldn't eat. Whoa, that's, that's, in fact, in these uh, verses here, it says somebody that will not provide for his own is worse than an infidel. So it's not the church's idea to say, well, I, I blew all my income or, or, or just walked off of a job because I just didn't feel like putting up with a boss. And, and then the church is supposed to be right there. No, no, it's time to go ahead and get out there and work for a living. But if you are truly desolate, truly need help, well, praise God. Amen. I've told folks already, I said, man, you're, you're a healthy man and, and I'll, I'll help you out. Praise God. And come back tomorrow and, and uh, with tell me that you filled out, uh, I don't know if it was 10 or 20 job applications, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll start talking about how we can help you. Well, didn't come back the next day. I don't know what happened. But let me tell you, in the midst of all that, I told you that's just extra. First uh, Timothy 5, 6 talks, it says, She that liveth in pleasure is dead. Is dead while she liveth. See, somebody that's just living their life, even in church, praise God, but you're disconnected from the Spirit. Some people come into the house of God and they're, they're trying to figure out if they, they like that song enough or they, they, they like who they're around or, or, or somebody's voice or somebody's style when they're preaching. Hey, if it's about your pleasure, you're just you're missing it. You're missing the whole idea of what this is about. And a preacher that will try to cater to your likes and dislikes and your flesh and your pleasures rather than try to let the Spirit of God move in a service is not your friend. She that liveth in pleasure is dead while she liveth. It's not about good or bad. It's about alive or dead. 
It's about being connected and plugged in. That Jesus came to shed His blood. That our sins could be forgiven. That we could be washed. And that His Spirit could now dwell in us. Engaged with our spirit. Amen. And alive. Amen. No longer dead to our own passions, to our own, to, to our own lusts, to our own mind, but now connected with God. The gospel, the good news, praise God, does not just try to make us good people that were once bad people. The gospel is to reunite us with our God, our Creator. That His Spirit and our spirit can be connected. And now our eyes are open. Now that we are, we're no longer blind, no longer dead in our sins. Now we can see that we are a part of something so much greater. That something bigger than what I think and what I want is going on. Amen. Furthermore, furthermore, sadly, we kind of started already talking about it. Religion, man's religion, caters to this idea of just trying to to give us some routines and rituals to make us better people rather than bringing us to life and in this presence of God. Religion binds us because it it, it fails to to connect us with God's spirit and God's kingdom, God's purpose brings us into bondage to man's purpose. To man's will. To man's plan. God, see, He's got a plan for your life. When you become plugged into His Spirit, and you realize it's not about my will, it's about God's will. Like Jesus prayed in the garden, not my will but thine be done. You start realizing, hey God, I'm a part of something greater than than my will. That there's something... That is more satisfying, something that is more fulfilling than just going through the motions of uh, of what I want and what I feel like I need and what I like. But now I'm connected with a greater purpose, connected with the kingdom of God and God's will for my life. That religion will rob us, steal from us. Hey, remember I showed you there in John 10, that enemy that comes to steal and to kill and destroy. Yeah, the devil does that, but he'll a lot of times use those hirelings. He'll use those false shepherds that are trying to build their kingdom rather than plug you in to God's greatest purpose. They'll even try to get you to call yourself after their name. Or their preacher's name. Are you a child of God? Are you born again? Oh, I'm a Lutheran. Or I'm a Mennonite. Or I'm following some kind of man-made name rather than a child of the King. Walking with Jesus. Amen. It's slavery. It's bondage to the to try to plug us in to, to somebody's idea of how to build their name and build their organization rather than plug us into the presence of God and see the power of God bring victory, bring revival, bring the power of God. Amen. See, God brings us to life and connects us with His purpose. And the difference in so many people's lives, and this is why it's very, very difficult in a day like today to to see people get excited about about living for God, about truth. Because this Bible, this gospel, this truth that we talk about is not centered around our will. Amen. What we believe does not mean that all of a sudden when we become God's children, we become these privileged little spoiled brats that everything that we pray about, everything we want, everything we desire, it just comes into our lives and we believe enough. Uh Uh-uh. Amen. Man's religion, man's denomination, man's organization will try to tell you that your identity is still wrapped up in your sin. How 
many people have you ever heard? You know what? You're, you're, I, I'm just still a sinner. I'm just, I'm never going to be any better. I'm just, I, I just got to. Hey, listen to me. God's changed you. You're a child of God. God's washed away. Old things passed away. Behold, all things become new. That's what the Bible teaches. You don't have to look in the mirror anymore and identify yourself with sin, with addiction, with depression, with anger. God's made you new. Amen. And now you're connected with something that gives you purpose. It gives you meaning. It gives you life. Amen. But the problem a lot of people never get past is that purpose that we are connected with is for His kingdom and not ours. Amen. Matthew 8, verse 21. Matthew 8, verse 21. It says when, well, and another of his disciples said unto him, Lord, basically he's saying, I want to follow you, but suffer me or allow me first to go bury my father. Jesus said unto him, follow me and let the dead bury their dead. What's he trying to say here? He's saying when you are connected now with God's Spirit. You're plugged in. You're alive now. He's, you're alive with purpose. But the purpose is not your will that God's going to get behind, but now I'm getting behind what His will is. A greater purpose. Amen. That God is not against people mourning their, their, their loved ones, but, but he's trying to make a point that there are so many things that are just so not about the life and about the, the kingdom of God and about things that really matter for eternity. And so many people calling themselves Christians are caught up in so many things that really are just dead. When we're praying and we're, 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 laboring and we're confused about God why won't you do this for me and why I've been praying about this for so long and I've been wanting this for so long and I just feel so disappointed even why doesn't God do my will because I, I sure did pray a lot of people are disappointed by religion because they're they're coming in and saying I'm a child of God now and that means God needs to listen to me more God needs to do my will more. The preacher tells me that, that everything's going to go my way now. Just I, I pray. I pray all day, God. I've got a list of things I need you to get on. And I've got promises. And I've got things that I really believe in you for. And God, I have faith. Oh, I have faith. And Lord, I, I just want to, I, I want you to just get behind all these things that I'm really waiting on you. But where are those that are saying, you know what? I'm a part of something so amazing because it's not just God getting behind what I want. But now, God, I'm trying to find your will and my place in your will. My place in your kingdom. See, when I realize my vision is so small, what I see is usually based on what bothers me. But when I can pray and get in the presence of God and say, okay, God, now I want to hear your voice. I want you to lead me. I want you to use me because you are the answer to this world's problems. You're the answer to what my home needs. You're the answer to what my community needs. You're the answer to all the hurt and the pain and the problems. It's your kingdom. It's your name. It's your spirit. How can I get behind your purpose? When you hear people talking about their, their walk with God, I mean, even, even our ideas of heaven. I get so frustrated with people getting excited about different people they've heard online or, or, or got a book somewhere that, that this person is talking about their time in heaven and 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 people love it because it's just, oh, it's all the music you ever liked. And it's all the art you ever liked. And it's all the pleasures you ever liked. And it's all the, all the, it's flesh. It's self. Amen. It's what I want. Why, why is heaven about us? Because every song you sing in church is about you. Of Every message is about you. Everything is built around marketing to you. Rather than, hey, let's find the heart of God. Let's find out what God wants us to do. Let's find out how God is the answer to this generation. Let's find out how we can get behind that and fight the fight for His name, for His glory. Let's be a part of His purpose.
purpose. He's made us alive for Him. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. You can be seated. You read the Bible and you read about God's people. They're not a bunch of privileged little brats getting everything they want. Amen. Paul started talking about said, we are the off-scouring. The filth of this world, he said. He said, we're hated. The more we try to do for God. But you know what he was doing? He was, he was preaching the gospel. He was working to see God. People brought into life from death. Working to see God bless and move and break the chains of darkness and sin in their lives. Oh, hallelujah. People are disappointed. They're disappointed by religion because what happens is we have this idea. Tell me, tell me how I can pray about it and everything will go my way. I believe in prayer. I, I thank God for all the answers to prayer. Amen. Had a chance to talk to somebody really hurting here recently. They're grieving. And saying, I, I prayed. I prayed and that they would be healed. Thank God that He does heal. Amen. Thank God that we've, we've seen some, some great miracles. But I think our problem comes down to sometimes us feeling like because I can pray and I do have promises, does that mean that all my people that I love will never die? Hello? Does that mean every time I pray, there's never going to be another? Because I'm sure I'm going to keep on praying for people to heal all my loved ones and my friends. Of course not. There's a greater thing going on than my will and what I want. Amen. Well, praise God. Hey, uh, have you have you ever prayed that don't don't rain on the day we have a church picnic? Of course you have. Does that mean that? Hey, uh, hey, hold on. Did you pray? I, I don't want uh, my plans to be ruined. You know what? What about what about that drought? You know, those farmers can wait for our picnic, <laughs> right? See, what I'm trying to say is sometimes you know God does some special things for us like that. Don't get me wrong. But believing in prayer does not mean that everything is going to go according to my plan. Amen. Sometimes we got to realize that prayer is really more about me saying, God, equip me to do your will today for your purpose. Amen. If prayer is just my wish list for God and what I want, then you're missing something. Because what is going on in your life is you're still kind of living in that old life of, of your purpose and what you want. And God, I'm, I'm praying that you get behind my purpose. And we are alive today and free from sin to be a part of His great purpose. Which means sometimes we, we struggle and we suffer and we're hated and, and go through some battles and believe sometimes, God, you're putting me in a place just like you did Joseph. Wow. Wouldn't it have been awesome if Joseph said, God, let my brothers love me. I sure love them. Fix this. And every day they got meaner and nastier till one day they threw him in a pit, getting ready to kill him, but ended up just selling him to some Ishmaelites. And, right? God, why didn't you answer my prayer? My life could be so much better if, if you would have just healed this relationship. Hello? Now he's serving in the quarters of Potiphar. And God, God, don't let her lie. God, show everybody that she's a liar. I would never do something like that. Everybody knows me better than that. God, let everybody know she's a liar. And he gets thrown in a dungeon. Because God didn't answer his prayer about what would have been best for him. Amen? Now I'm in a dungeon, and, and I, what am I going to do? I, I, you know, God, just, just, just help me. Just somehow get me out of this. And God was working every step of the way. See, when we're saying, God, why don't you do... And, you know, I'm not trying to condemn anybody here today. I tell you, there's a lot of times I'm saying, God, I, I know you've got a bigger plan than this, but if you could, it'd be a lot easier if you took care of some of this. You know, there's some things here that are, you know, 
inconvenient, boring on, obnoxious in my life right now, God. If you could just kind of work some of this out, I'd be all right with that. But Lord, I recognize it's not all about what I like. It's not about my will, my kingdom, what I'm... And prayer is not like that. But if God could take all the hate and all the anger and all the violence that was coming against Jesus Himself, take Him right to the cross so that He might pay the price of the sins of the whole world. And He, he Himself said, I'd just as soon not go through a lot of this. But nevertheless, not my will. Because it didn't come to fulfill His own will. And we have to recognize that we are called to a purpose. I hear a lot of people struggling in the world, some in church, some not in church. What's the meaning of my life? What is my purpose? If I could just figure out my purpose, maybe I could feel fulfilled. I could be satisfied. I could feel like my life isn't just kind of slipping through my fingers and... And there'd be some kind of meaning, some kind of satisfaction in a day-after-day existence. And I've heard people say that, you know, purpose is, brings meaning. But I've found that my purpose so often lacks meaning. Because it's just selfish. It's really dead. Amen? You live in your own will, you're just dead while you're alive. But the amazing thing about the gospel, about Jesus and what he has come to do, is not only take you from a life that's headed to damnation, to hell, but he has taken you and bringing you into a greater purpose, bringing you to life, to plug you in to the purpose of the salvation and the work of the kingdom of God. That now your focus, as though maybe even a small part of it, every moment, every day, that it would have meaning in it, that you're living, not trying to figure out if my purpose is really worth my time, but, oh, God, let me live for your purpose. Let me live to shine a light. Let me live to show people how awesome you are. Let me live to show people how amazing you are. Let me live to show people how much they need you. Let me help to try to lead people to you. That's why church can't be a, a place of entertainment, of somehow what, what, makes, what is, makes me comfortable. This Bible is about not, not a book full of privileged, spoiled children. It's a book full of people that are very uncomfortable. Say, yeah, that devil's nasty, isn't he? God leads us in uncomfortable situations with a plan. With His plan. Sometimes it's not easy to see. But day by day, we trust Him. See, here's the hard part for for us, for humanity. Can we trust Him enough to relinquish our control? Can we give up our pride of, of saying, I got this, I want this, I need this. And say, God, I don't see what this has to do with anything, but I trust you enough to know that even when I'm struggling, even when I'm hurting, even when there's tears in my eyes, you've got a purpose and a plan in my life that's greater than me. How do people sing in the midnight hour in this Bible? How do people suffer and worship God in it all? How do people go through great tribulation and still sing the praises of Almighty God? Because they're part of a greater greater plan. They're part of a purpose that is far beyond their own. That there is meaning, there is purpose in existence because we're a part of the kingdom of God. And we're a part of His plan. I hear folks talking about spiritual warfare. We've done studies about it. People talking about fighting the devil. Well, I know a lot of you understand this because we've taught it and taught it, but most of the time I hear people, the devil's been fighting me all day. Really? Yeah, my car's not running right, and my boss was angry, and that grass needs mowed. Wow. That nasty devil. I hate that I'm so sarcastic sometimes, but listen, that's not what the devil's worked up about. Oh, I had a rough day. Dinner was not up to my satisfaction. Just made me so upset. Listen, the devil's got bigger, bigger goals than that. 
He's not trying to ruin your day. He's just trying to pull you away from... He doesn't hate you per se. He hates God's plan. And children of God are plugged into God's plan. Children of God are trying to further God's purpose. Children of God are praying that in the midst of their pain and their struggle, God, well, I want to see revival. I want to see somebody praying. I want to see somebody repenting of their sins. Amen. When we stop worrying so much about our our inconveniences and our trials and really look in the Bible and see these people who are persecuted, beaten, imprisoned, and just still about the kingdom of God. People that were thrown in jail and thinking, not thinking, oh, God help me, I just don't understand why everything's going my way, thinking there must be a jailer that needs to hear about Jesus. God's got me here for a reason. Amen. God's got me here for a purpose. Amen. There must be something God's got me here for. Amen. For His will to be done. These people were not so self-absorbed that this is just totally working against all my goals. This is to hold me back from what I want to do. But they, they realized that my goals, my vision, my, my will, my kingdom, it's just darkness is death. It's just empty. It's just existing. Never really being satisfied. Hallelujah. But when I can focus my attention and recognize that I've been brought into a family to bring glory to God. Sometimes, sometimes when you're going through some things and you're saying, I, I, don't, I don't understand why I have to face this pain. You don't realize there's somebody watching you that's questioning God. And they're looking at you and your faith and seeing something that's greater than your pain. They're seeing what you're holding on to is is more valuable than your comfort levels. They're seeing in the midst of hurt, they're seeing joy that does not compute on a natural level. Because... You're plugged into the Spirit of God now. And you're plugged into His purpose, not your purpose. Because when I'm hurting, my purpose is stop the hurt now. And I'm not saying we don't pray about that. But in the midst of that, we've got a greater prayer. We've got, a, we've got an elevated vision of God. I don't know what you're doing right now, but let me be aware of what, that I'm, I don't miss it. I don't know where you have me here in this, but there's a purpose in it, and that brings a, a strength, that brings a fulfillment. Amen. That's how these men and women could stand with God. And the Bible says even though they were, they were persecuted, they were, they were martyred, the world was not worthy of them. Praise God. Though they were hated, though they were... Hurt and persecuted. Jesus says, leap for joy. Yeah. Yes, Amen. Amen. For so persecuted they, the prophets, which were before you. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Well, 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 isn't that great? I'm hurting. And is that supposed to encourage me that a lot of other people hurt too? Yeah, because you're part of something yeah. that's greater than even the trial you're facing. Yeah. Right. You're alive with His purpose. You're alive with not just purpose, but with a purpose that is greater than anything else going on. Because God's kingdom is changing lives. God's kingdom, God's word is changing hearts. God's kingdom is delivering people out of sin and giving them purpose as well. Look what it says in Luke, the ninth chapter. Luke 9. It's... uh, You can fill churches with people believing that now that I'm a Christian, I can, I have an almighty servant boy that I can call on anytime I need him to get me out of a jam. But there's not a lot of folks that can recognize, hey, you know, we used to sing the song, take this whole world, but give me Jesus. No turning back. 
The cross before me, the world behind me. Some of the old songs talk about going through the fire, going through the flood, but you're going to be with Him every step of the way. Amen. You want to talk about spiritual warfare? You want to talk about fighting the devil? You haven't begun until you're plugged into His purpose, to God's purpose. That's just life. Amen. Some problem, it's just life. Everybody's going through troubles on their jobs, troubles in their, their, their neighborhoods, troubles in their health. Amen. But when you start plugging into God's purpose, and the devil sees that you are more concerned with God's kingdom than your own will, and you're starting to pray against what he's trying to do, amen, against the church and against the people of God and against the will of God for us right now in this community. Amen. If Christians could get past their blessing plan and get into God's will for us right now, what's God want us to do? How does God want us to respond? How does God want us to pray and fast? How does God want us to find together? How does God want us to be dedicated and faithful? If we could get past all the inconveniences and realize these people suffered. Amen. These people struggled. These people hurt, but they did. They turned the world upside down. Jesus, in Luke nine twenty three, said, "He said unto them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me." You're picking up something that is that's heavy. Picking up something that you know people aren't going to respect. Picking up something that is an instrument of suffering, but your, 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 your walk, your gate is toward a God's purpose. That if people hate me, but there's somebody that learns how good God is. If people try to ruin my reputation, but there's somebody that gets free from the chains of sin. Amen? That that makes a difference. That though, though, though people constantly just try to pull you down and tell you you don't need all that, and that doesn't even matter, and, but you see somebody filled with the Holy Ghost and set free. It, it doesn't matter anymore how comfortable. It doesn't matter anymore your reputation. It doesn't matter anymore your will or all that. It's, it's more valuable because you're plugged into His purpose. If any man come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. Whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. This Bible teaches a message of surrendering ourselves to God's purpose. What a blessing. What a, what a privilege it is. To see how messed up this world is. To know it firsthand. How bound, how, how empty, how lost humanity is. To realize how, what it means to be dead in your own sins. And that when God saves you, when God opens your eyes, and that, that you're born again, you've got life in you now. And that He has brought you into His purpose that you can now encourage people and strengthen people and build in people the kingdom of God. That you can be a part of what sees addiction destroyed, sees families brought together, sees the the bondage of the hurt and sins of this world defeated. Purpose and meaning in His kingdom. That's why the Bible says Jesus came to give us life. And that more abundantly. People filling churches telling people you can have bigger cars, bigger bank accounts. Hey, and I believe God meets needs and blesses. Don't get me wrong. But He doesn't bless us to, to be about stuff and to have our hearts, our treasures in this world. Amen. And God, I'm going to tell you, you, you just, 
See, any one of us before God, God always, God just blesses His children. But He does that for those that have His purpose, that we can be a blessing. That we can be a, a part of His plan and His purpose. God's taken us out of a life that, that is empty. The book of Ecclesiastes really sums up a man like Solomon that had everything that people are seeking for. The riches that he had are just beyond what, what we could even imagine. The, the life that he had was, was like no other at that time. And he sits down and writes a book in the, under the inspiration of God and says it's all emptiness, vanity of vanities. All is vanity. He said, I saw it in my labors. I saw it in building projects. I saw it in, in, in women. I saw it in music. I saw it in, in wisdom. I saw it in folly and madness. I saw it everything that everybody's trying to go. I had the ability to go down that lane and try to see what it could provide. And it was empty. It added no value to my life. What's the answer then? Find God as quick as you can. Find God as quick as you can and find His purpose. Because He's created you with purpose. Before you were ever formed and fashioned in your mother's womb, He had a plan and a purpose for you, for His kingdom, for His glory, for His plan to be a part of His plan for this world and the world to come. But we have to be humble enough to, to surrender to that, to surrender our control. To surrender our arrogant, proud, control, thinking we can, we can do this. We got this. I guess give me one more chance, God, and I, I'm going to make it all work now. Surrender to God. He'll fulfill, him, fulfill your heart and your life because He's called you to His purpose. Can we bow our heads in prayer, please? Oh, hallelujah. We are alive, delivered from sin and alive. With purpose. His purpose. The levels of despair. You know, the story goes, I'm sure most of us have heard it maybe, and between Malachi and in the book of Matthew, there's about 400 years of history that happened. And one young man rose up in the empire of Greece named Alexander. He was a conqueror. He stepped up and like, like no one else began to claim countries through whatever means necessary, warfare, or treaties. And Alexander the Great conquered the known world at that time, at a very young age, in his early 30s. And history tells us that the last day of his last conquest, he sat down and wept because there was no more world to conquer. His purpose left him empty, though he had gained the whole world. His soul was still not connected to something that had value. Too many people in this world calling themselves Christians but still trying to use God for their purpose. And then sometimes you get really disappointed. God, why didn't you answer that prayer? Why did you let this happen? Why didn't you do what I asked you to do? I believed in you. I trusted you. And I really thought that you were going to take care of this. I don't understand. I'm... The storm is still raging in my life. The battle's still going on. And God, why aren't you doing what I need you to do for me? Maybe, maybe if we look a little closer to Scripture, we'd see that there's something even greater than calling ourselves a Christian and having a God that just meets every one of our needs, but being a part of a purpose exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think. And you see, 
the confusion in this generation. You see the the sin parading around. You see the the hatred, the anger, the violence, the perversion. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. And you are part of that answer. When you are part of His kingdom, there's somebody. There's somebody whose life you can touch. There's somebody somebody that you could make a difference. That's what it says in the book of Jude. Having compassion and making a difference. A real difference. Somebody not only would have a friend, but have a friend in Jesus. Somebody that could be brought out of death and into life. Oh, hallelujah. I want to be, I'm so glad to be a part of His purpose. You here today, listen to me, God's calling you out of death and into life like Lazarus in the grave. But you know when Lazarus came out of that grave, his testimony started leading people to Jesus and glorifying God so much, he was plugged into a greater purpose. God's purpose. The same people that were trying to kill Jesus were scheming to to kill Lazarus. God's calling you out of that old life. Bringing you into His kingdom for His purpose. Some of you are struggling. Some of you are hurting. Some of you are going through battles. Some of you you don't understand why the battle's still going on. You prayed and prayed, but listen... God's not forsaken you. God's not forgotten you. I'm asking you today to trust God that you're in His purpose and you're in His will and let Him let Him help you see where He's leading you for His for His glory, for His kingdom. Because you're alive with His purpose. Let's find a place to pray, church. Let's take some time to before we dismiss, just talk to God. Maybe somebody might find a place to pray and say, God, I'm sorry for, for an old life that was always about me, God. Forgive me. Forgive me, God. Cleanse me, God. being a part of God's greater purpose. It brings meaning maybe even right there at the job that you're working. Lord, help me to bear good fruit here. Let me shine the light. Let them feel that and see your spirit in me. Maybe situations in your family, maybe situations that in your neighborhood that you're praying, God, I wish you'd change things. But there's somebody that needs to see what you have. Somebody might need to be introduced to God. Somebody might need you to pray for them. God might have you right where you are with His purpose, even though it's not easy. struggle with his purpose, with battling, fight the fight. Paul was put in prison all according to the purpose and plan of God, sitting there in those jail cells, sometimes I'm sure in dungeons, penning the words that we call our Bible. out, encouraging the church, witnessing to guards. At one point, Paul said, God, I'm praying three times that you take this thorn out of my flesh. 
God, why aren't you hearing me? Oh, no. Paul, I've got a plan even in that thorn. I thought I could pray. I thought he would hear my prayer. I thought he would answer according to his will. He will. Sometimes his will is greater. His will is greater than our than our purpose and our plan. We have to yield to him. Oh, help us, Lord. Help us to humble ourselves and surrender. To surrender to you. We're living in these last days. We're living in these perilous times. And we're seeing the enemy fight. But God's, God's raising a people, an army that have His purpose that are more focused on God's kingdom, God's purpose than our own. Though family may forsake us, friends may walk away and tear us down. And it's not easy. But God's working a greater purpose. I'm thinking about a man named Nehemiah one day. The enemy said, come on, let's let's talk about this. He said, I'm doing a great work. I can't come down. I've got a greater purpose than my own peace and my own will. I'm doing a great work. Oh, hallelujah. Father, thank you for your presence here today. Thank you for everything you've already done. Can we all just stand and reach out to him right now? Father, thank you. Lord, pray in God again for those that need healing in their bodies. Touch and heal them in Jesus' name. And Lord, help us. Help us to recognize your purpose day by day. Help us to recognize your will in our lives, even in the the valleys, in the difficult times. Lord, that we we would be able to say we are about our Father's business. Bless each one, I pray today, God. I pray work in a special way in the nursing home this afternoon and the service tonight, God. And, and Lord, keep us safe as we travel. We love you. We thank you, God, for what you're doing. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, church. Love you.